This is Bite Size, episode 33 of Everyday Wellness, The Need for Sleep. I'm Dr. Kelly Donahue, clinical health psychologist, here with my co-host, Cynthia Thurlow, nurse practitioner and functional nutritionist. We have over 25 years of combined experience in wellness, nutrition, nursing, and psychology. Our goal at Everyday Wellness is to share easy strategies to help as many people as possible become healthier. You can help us obtain this goal by leaving us a rating and review on iTunes. The process takes just a few minutes and allows our podcast to be seen when listeners like you are searching for a high quality health and wellness podcast. We are so grateful that you are here and for taking time to leave us a review. Now, let's get started. Welcome to Everyday Wellness. Wellness is the result of the decisions that you make every day. It's your mindset and the thoughts you believe. Wellness is the food you put in your body and the relationship you have with yourself and others. Wellness is your work and meaning. Join us on Everyday Wellness as we explore ways that you can choose wellness today. Hey, hey, today we are going to chat about one of our favorite topics, sleep. Sleep, so important to everything. And so foundational to our health. Anyone that follows me on social media knows that I rant about this all the time. (laughs) And it's very rant worthy because without sleep, we're really not doing anything well. Our bodies aren't functioning well. We're irritable. We're not going to lose weight if that's a goal. It's just so important. It is. And it seems like I would say 95% of the women that um, see me either on a one-on-one basis or working group programs. Everyone's concerned about weight gain and it is foundational. So it is always a place that I start with and with regard to, you know, healthy living. And, you know, as I've said probably far too many times publicly recently, um, you do not get a badge of honor if you get three or four hours a night of sleep mm-hmm. and you think that that somehow makes you a badass. You're not a badass. You're going to end up, you know, being in a, at a being at a point where your your choices and your habits are going to be detrimental to your health. Right. It might be a short term one time we can pull the all nighter and get something done kind of thing. But if you're planning on sustaining a life with little to no sleep, you you aren't going to last very long. Something is going to give. Absolutely. So let's definitely hit on some of the things physiologically that happen when we don't get enough sleep. So we whether people realize this or not, um, our, our brains are actually more active at night than they are during the day, which I know blows everyone's minds, but it gives you a sense of how critically important it is to get good quality sleep. So Kelly, I'm going to ask you what some of your top tips are, and then I'll kind of backfill based on what you say. Great. So I will likely come at this from more of a behavioral perspective. (laughs) Um, But really thinking about the importance of getting good sleep for so many reasons. So I mentioned weight loss, and I just want to touch on 
uh, one study that I use in my health gains weight loss program that kind of blows people away. So research over three years has found that people who get less than or equal to five hours of sleep a night have significantly higher likelihood of weight gain and obesity. And this is for both males and females. I know sometimes we think like, oh, that doesn't apply to me, but it does. There's no escaping. Little sleep leads to uh, greater weight gain and difficulty losing weight. And we can go into the physiological mechanisms of that in a little bit. Um, so some of my top tips would be in health psychology, what is called sleep hygiene. And really, that's just sort of a fancy, funny name for behavioral strategies that you can use to help you get better sleep. So the first one would just be going to bed and waking up at the same time every day, even on weekends. And this is important because it helps to train our body uh, and give our body cues for when it's time to go to sleep and when it's time to wake up. I mean, this is why it's important to do this for children. And we are really no different in that regard. And similarly, with children, we often have a lovely nighttime bedtime ritual of maybe giving them a bath and uh, reading a book together, kind of winding down. But oftentimes we don't do that for ourselves. It's like, oh, I'll turn the computer off and expect to fall asleep. And we're shocked when that doesn't work. So having some sort of wind down nighttime routine can be really helpful. It can be reading for a little bit uh, with some dim light. It can be having a cup of herbal tea. It can just be taking a relaxing bath, maybe an Epsom salt bath with a little bit of lavender. It can be just one of those things, just having some sort of signal to your body that it's time to wind down. Really important. Really, yeah. really important. And I think some of these things are overlooked because they seem too simple, mm-hmm. but they are super important on their own. And when we stack some of these habits together, they really become super powerful. Absolutely. Um, another one is to get some bright light first thing in the morning. Sunlight really helps to reset your biological clock. And I know here we are in the Northeast Mid-Atlantic in the middle of winter. It's not always easy to get light. But even if you just open your curtains in the morning and try to expose yourself to as much light as you can, it will definitely, definitely help. Um, On the other side, at night, making sure that your bedroom is as much like a cave as you can make it. So that means making it dark with blackout shades or blinds or curtains, Um, having it be quiet or using a sound machine to block out obtrusive noise, having a comfortable mattress, whatever that means to you. Some people like very soft ones, some others prefer uh, sturdier ones. And then having it be cool too. Even in the winter, it's helpful to sleep in cooler temperatures and use um, blankets to warm yourself and snuggle up. Um, All those things work together to improve your sleep. I can keep going. Do you want me to keep going or do you want to jump in here? Yeah, no, I think that's perfect. And, And I would echo your sentiments. You know, some of the other things that I really like to dial in on are, you know, things that are, as you mentioned, simple, but oftentimes overlooked by clients, things like, are you eating enough calories? Mm. Because when women are waking up in the middle of the night, you know, my first question is, you know, are you eating enough calories? Because I know for myself, last night's a good, a good indication of this. Sometimes I just get so busy at the end of the day that I don't sit down and have a proper dinner. And 
I will be rest assured how frequently I'm sure myself and my clients when you don't get enough calories and your body is, you, know, you haven't given enough fuel to uh, sustain it overnight. The other thing that I'm starting to see quite a bit of are women that are really restricting their carbohydrates, even healthy carbs like squash and lentils and sweet potatoes, etc., um, excluding those from their diets and they're too low carb. And that can make it very hard for their bodies to um, you know, secrete enough glycogen, which is one of the stored sugar sources, you know, generally in skeletal muscle and liver, but to maintain your blood sugar overnight. So really, really important for you to be, um, you know, cognizant of, you know, the quality of carbohydrates that you're eating, especially dinner time, and then also ensuring you're getting enough calories during the day. I recognize there are times when that just doesn't happen. It's probably more the issue that people are getting too many calories, but there are people that just aren't eating a sufficient amount of calories. And then, you know, the other piece is, you know, not exercising two hours before you need to go to bed. Your body needs time to wind down. As you mentioned, that sleep hygiene piece is so, so important. Um, another thing that I always like clients to really be thinking about is, you know, what are you eating or drinking before bed? Because some things can be very stimulating. And by that, I mean caffeinated beverages, Alcohol is almost a given. If I drink alcohol at night, I'm not going to sleep well. It is one of those wonderful things that I have just kind of acquiesced to in my 40s. Um, but just being cognizant that the beverages we consume before bed can absolutely impact our sleep, sometimes not in a positive way. So just being mindful of the food piece before bed is absolutely essential. And, you know, thinking about it this way, if you are really struggling with sleep, sometimes you just need a little bit of a small amount of carbohydrate and a healthy fat and some protein before bed and a really easy snack that anyone can do unless you have allergies to said foods that I'm about to talk about. You can roll a banana, a small banana, and some Himalayan sea salt um, and eat some cashews with it. So you're getting a little bit of sugar, you're getting some essential minerals from the Himalayan sea salt, um, and the cashews have a healthy fat and a little bit of protein in them. And that's a really easy thing that you can do before bed um, if you're concerned that maybe you need to have a little snack beforehand that won't derail your diet. Yum, that sounds delicious. One other thing I think that is often overlooked is the role that our electronic devices play. Mm -hmm. So having uh, using our computers in bed or being on our cell phones before bed, all of that blue light can interfere with our sleep. And I know that you have done uh, posts and I've seen you wearing uh, those great blue light blocking glasses. Yes. Yes. Uh, can you talk a little bit about your experience with that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, we recognize that junk light or blue light that comes out of our electronics can dysregulate a key hormone that's involved in telling our bodies to go to bed. That's melatonin and that's secreted from the penile gland. And so a lot of those electronics, as we get later in the day, they dysregulate the secretion of that key hormone. And so wearing the blue blockers actually helps shield you from the majority of the blue light that you are exposed to. And so typically I'll recommend that clients, you know, put those glasses on. You know, certainly it's wintertime. We're, you know, in the Northeast, so it obviously gets dark pretty early. Um, but late afternoon, put them on. Or when you get home, if you're going to watch TV with your family or be on a tablet, um, and, and that can really be crucial. You know, there are a couple of brands that are recommended. There's one called Uvex. Uvex is very cost effective, nine or ten dollars. You can find it on Amazon. It can fit over existing eyewear. Um, or my preference, personally, because I don't wear glasses at home, is Swanwick or Swannies. 
they are at a bigger price point. They're usually $50 to $60. Again, you can find them on Amazon. They just fit my face a little bit better. Mm -hmm. Um, And I will wear those. And yes, usually when people see me teaching at night, all of my students, my clients will see me in these really uber sexy glasses. And I just remind (laughs) them that there is a method to the madness. Um, It's just that for me, I get a little bit of that wired and tired feeling. If I'm not wearing them and teaching, I recognize my body's ready to go to bed and I just can't, um, I just can't fall asleep as easily because what happens when melatonin secretion is blunted, it tells your adrenal glands to, to increase the cortisol secretion. And so your body thinks that you need to be awake. And cortisol is one of those hormones that is designed to be part of our fight or flight response, meaning that it's really designed just to be tapped into if, if we're in a you know state, we're being chased by a rabid animal, um, we're, we're dealing with a lot of acute stress. Uh, but what happens over time is that that's chronically tapped into, and that can be detrimental for sleep as well. So that is my little blurb about blue blockers, which I'd love for you all to let us know if you're using them. I find that they're really, really crucial and generally something I'm recommending almost daily. Awesome. Yes. And so I think if if you just did a couple of those things that we mentioned, you'd see improvements in your sleep. Now, there's definitely other issues that can interfere with sleep. And so we'll get into those in part two. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. You can find out more about Cynthia and her work at chtwellness.com. And you can find out more about Kelly and her work at everydaytherapist.com. In addition, if you have questions for us or topics you'd like us to address, please email us at everydaywellnesspodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, be well.